Hello folks, welcome to the broadcast. I'm your host John Saxbury here at Revival Now. I want to talk to you today about this dynamic message that God has given me for the next couple of weeks. It's called, Don't Be a Do-Nothing Christian. God, Jesus didn't die on the cross so we could just sit in a church pew every Sunday morning and just do nothing. He's called us to, to, to be witnesses unto him. You open your Bible with me, go to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 38. New Bible. Still trying to learn my place where it is. Everybody, when you get a new Bible, it's like getting a new car. You gotta still got to figure out everything on it. You're buying a new house, you, you got you to figure where everything's at. Remember where all the rooms are, that kind of thing. I love the Word of God. I love this. I love read, I love preaching the Word of God. There's nothing like it in the world. Acts one thirty eight. This is after the this is after the, the Jesus had resurrected from the dead and he's about ready to go up into the heavens for good. I mean for a little while they actually would say. And this is where Jesus is getting ready giving his instructions to the disciples. He said, You should receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. It means you'll be seized with power after I pour out my spirit. You should be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and all the uttermost parts of the earth. You'll be, witness, you'll be witnesses unto me. What's that mean? You got, it means you've got to be willing to lay something down. Be able, you, you got to have something to put out. And you guys get, you got to have a product to put out. It's like I'm commissioning you. This is your job. This is your duty. This is what, you, what you've been called to do. This is what you, I mean, in, 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 in the, in the, in the, in the gospel that said, and there's a couple places where, where it talks about the great commission. The great commission is when he's, when Jesus is saying, look, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, I mean, even going to Luke chapter four, verse 18, this is what Jesus was about. I mean, to, to, to have a proof of what Jesus was about pouring about Jesus about what Jesus was about. Luke four eighteen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captive to the captives and recover the sight of the blind and set liberty to those who are oppressed and proclaim the, the acceptable year of the Lord. This is all about pouring out. Religion is all about take, 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 take. When 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 Jesus simply died so we could be poor be cut be we could be poor out. 
We could pour out, because he said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It was all about pouring out. This is about outpouring. This is about the manifestation of God rising up in us, where the power of God is creating a demonstration, and it's seeing, a, it's seeing and it's attracting the unbeliever, and it's drawing them in, so we can pour that out into their lives. Jesus never intended for us to be church pew warmers. And if there's a church and there's a pastors that are not allowing you to operate in ministry, there's something wrong with them. There's seriously something wrong with them. No pastor in his right mind has, to, has any right to stop anybody from being used of God. They don't have that power. They're not the Holy Spirit. I mean, they, you you. You do not stop somebody that has been born again, who's been baptized in the Holy Spirit, has the ability to speak in tongues. You don't sit there and you don't bar them from being from using that those gifts that's been given them. That's not your place. It's not your it's not your authority. God given you yes you have an authority as a pastor, but you don't have that kind of authority. That authority is given to you to to equip people. It is to equip everyone that comes in that door. You're under God's God's rule. You're under God's rules to equip that under God's orders to equip them people so they can go out and bring more unbelievers in. It's not the job of a paid uh, church staff member. I mean that that mentality. I don't I don't ever understand where that came from. You know, you have to be paid on that person has to be paid on staff in order to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and to go out and preach the gospel. And to be and to and to be utilized and to be utilized in the fivefold call. That's not how it works. I mean, it's that that that's a that 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 is beyond stupid. We're supposed to win. It's going to all the world and preach the gospel, but we can only do it with a couple hundred full of people, or a couple thousand people. We need an entire army. We're not going to do it by just a little handful of preachers. It's going to have to be an entire army. Well, it's not so-and-so on TV, and it's not this person on TV. Just because they're on TV doesn't mean they should be. Because a lot of stuff I hear on TV is just garbage. I mean, I just hate, I'm going to put that out there. People say, well, don't you know that he has this program, and he does this, and he does that, and Hooray for him. My focus ain't what, what some other preacher's doing. I want to know what God's doing. I want to know what the Holy Spirit's doing. I want to know how he's working and how he's moving in, the, in all the earth. Amen. I mean, don't let some silly idiot, ignorant idiot, Go out there and, and try to tell you that, that, that there, it's only for a certain elect people. Oh, many are called, few are chosen. That's a bunch of garbage. That's a that's a bunch of that's a bunch of ignorant. I mean, I'd like to know what jackass comes up with that kind of stuff. It's nowhere near in the Bible. It's not nothing in the Bible. That's something that's passed down generation for generations in the church and. It, shouldn't even be even be said. 
That's not even what's been even close to what Jesus said at all. He will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And, and it talks about the, the, everybody from age 0 to 99 or 0 to 199. I want them in full-time ministry. That is, they Once they become born again, they become they become, have a automatic, a full-time call to preach the gospel. They got that immediate call to preach the gospel. I mean, and don't let no other idiot tell you any different. I mean, you'll be kidding me right now. Who, who, who are they to tell you that you're not called? They're not anybody. I mean, I'm going I'm to tell you something. There's a lot of preachers that's gonna have gonna have a rude awakening when they step across into that up into that into glory. Oh, so you restricted this person when I had a call for them to reach the nations. You discouraged them and you call you pushed them away from it. You kept dogging them about it. You kept running them into the ground. And look how many people went to hell that they were gonna they were gonna reach. And these people all went to hell, and that's all your fault. That's because pastors don't know how to do their job anymore. I mean, pastors don't have any balls anymore. They're half of them dress like women. Seriously, tight, skinny, skinny jeans, and. And they 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 got their their and it's like what happened to the good old days? I mean, yeah, it's good to preach comfortable, but sometimes you know, sometimes we got to step up to the plate and do what we need to do to get the job done. Oh well, we just don't want to offend nobody by just call and by mobilizing people because we bring people into the church that they don't like. They're gonna get people are gonna get offended and want to leave. Seriously, I that'd be like let them leave. They're not they weren't good church members in the first place. A good church member would want people to come in that are lost. This is not about preservation. I mean, so many. It, it's a, it's become a swamp. The church churches have become swamps when you're supposed to be a river. A river of living water. You're supposed to be rivers of living water, but instead you're a bunch of swamps. Jesus said you're like you're like whitewashed tombs, you're like whitewashed sepulchers. <clears throat> Tradition has caused the word of God to be have none effect and be void of its power. I mean, seriously. This is this has got to stop. This is this garbage that's been taught for the past years. It it's got to stop. It's not about your favorite people. There's no such thing as favorites when you when you're a born again Christian, and there's no there's no such thing as favorite people. 
people do this favoritism is because they, they never really got saved in the first place. <clears throat> they just got be, they just became part of some social circle, part of some social crowd, and wanted to please the status quo. Seriously, that's what it's about. They're they're wanting to please some status quo. They want to please some social crowd. I mean, you know that there's a saying, you know, that, that I heard from P preacher Mike Arnold. Eagles soar alone, turkeys fly in flocks. Eagles soar, soar alone, turkeys hang in flocks. Stop being a bunch of turkeys. I'm serious. Being, being socially correct in the church is the most stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. People think, well, we got to be socially, we got to, it's all, I mean, there, yes, we should have fellowship, but our fellowship should be in the word, and our fellowship should be building each other up, and our fellowship should be going, figuring out how to reach the lost and dying world in the midst of that. I mean, Stop being a bunch of do-nothings. I mean, we, we're, we're not called to be a bunch of do-nothings. Jesus talks about it in John chapter 15. John chapter 15. You'll go with me. I mean, this is, I mean, this is, not, this is not a game. I'm sick of, I mean, it's not, it's not about pop culture. It's not about competition. See who can have the biggest church building, who can have the, the most hip church name. Not about who can have the best lattes at the coffee bar. If I would have ever done a church, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't put a coffee bar. I mean, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have none of that in there, personally. You're not there to be, you're not there to wine and dine there. You're to be, you're there to be trained in the word of God. I mean, in this garbage of I mean, 40-minute messages? Church. Some churches are going to 30-minute messages. Are you kidding me? And it, it, just because they have worship, the, all the lights flashing and the smoke machines going, and, and some of the songs that they're dancing to makes absolutely no sense at all. If you don't move a mountain, or whatever that song is, um, I, I, it's by Lauren Daigle. It's by Lauren Daigle. I mean, I've heard that song, and it's like, what? I mean, I mean, it, I mean, if you, I'm too tired to remember it. But if you, if you, if, I, if you'd hear the words to it, you'd be like, what? I mean, people are just—they're—they're they're enamored by the false center, this false sense of worship. The whole song talks about doubt and misbelief. 
I mean, you got other songs out there. I mean, you really got to watch what you worship to. You got these dancers coming out and doing all this dance and stuff. I understand David danced before the Lord, but sometimes it's sometimes a lot of a lot of times in worship, you're not there to be entertained. You're you're there you're there to step over into the presence of God. You're, it's that place between it's that time between you and God only. It's that place of stepping over, coming into the gates. The the outer courts and into the inner courts and into the holy of holies, and into that most holy place with God and behind the ark of the covenant where it's just you and God, and nobody can nothing. Nobody, the enemy can't see you because you're so hidden in God, that you're abiding in Him. Abiding means you're 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 within Him. John chapter fifteen. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. And that it may bear fruit. Already you are clean, because the world I have spoken to because of the word I have spoken to you, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Rather, than, neither can you unless you abide in me, and I am the vine. You are, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, and he that is in he that it is that, bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like like a branch that withers. Basically, if you're not if you're a do nothing Christian, you're just gonna you're gonna you're gonna go up and smoke. You're 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 pretty much done. Whoever whoever abides in me, and I in him, he that he is that that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch. That wither and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, in, in my words, abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and I, it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So prove to be my disciples. By by being a disciple, it means you're you're being you're being a doer of the word. You're being you're being a demonstrator of the word. You're being a demonstrator. We're lacking demonstrators in the church big time. We're seriously lacking demonstrators because we got people that's been sitting in church pews for centuries and not have done a darn thing to do for the kingdom of God. They come and they just sit. They come and they sit. They don't want to go tell other people. They don't want to invite other people to church because they, they're so possessive and they think that, that that's their place and nobody should ever come in there. First of all, it ain't your. We claim ownership to nothing. My pastors could could have never been more clear on that when when they in that one meeting that I was sitting in with them a couple of years ago. We claim ownership to nothing. This is what they basically said. Jesus didn't play any favorites, so neither do we. They said entitlement's dead. It is. It's dead. 
It's time to step up and do something. It's time to quit being a bunch of consumers. The church is not meant for the consumer, a consumer base. The church is a, a distributorship. We're to be distributors. Distributors of the word of God. Distributors of the presence of God. Amen. Prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you, can, if, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept. I just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that, joy, that my joy may be full in you, that your joy may be full. This is a commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is one, no, has no one than, that this than someone who lays his life down for his brother. You are my friends, and if you, if you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for the servants does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. That means if you're... you're if you're abiding in Jesus and you're doing the work of his, to know who he is and, and see, you're basically this. It's like you're not, you're not serving, you're not pouring out and, and doing to seek, what's in his, to, to seek for what's in his hand. You do it to seek his face. It's not about what it's in his hand. It's, what's, it's coming to, to, to come to know him face to face, heart to heart. That's I mean that's that's such a beautiful thing if you think about it. I mean that that is such a an amazing thought if you could if you could just sit back and think about this when you come before Jesus to to to, to serve others and and pour out because you love Jesus that much and you're just doing it just so you could have that relationship with Him. That is nothing more beautiful than that. I mean seriously. I could go home, go home, be the Lord off that any day. I mean, if you are my friends, do what I command you. No longer are you my servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. Think about that. The servant does not know. What do you know? When, when, how many employees do you ever see know what their boss is really doing behind the scenes? But when one becomes a friend of them and they're working together and they're doing it out of a friendship and there's a love for one another and they're, and they're working together, that, that company is producing and growing by leaps and bounds because they're, they're, their bosses are putting their, their bosses, employees are putting their own needs and differences aside. But they are working together corporately one in to, perfect tune with each other to make that product even better. And to be and to be distributors of that product. Nor not, not only they're they're, they're 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 working, they're 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 taking partnership. They're partaking in partnership. We take in partnership with God when we when we when we serve face to face, heart to heart. I mean, it's an amazing thought. It's a beautiful thought. No longer I call you my servants, for the servant knows what his master does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all. 
that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not chose me, but I chose you and appointed you, you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit shall abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Means if you mean if you're doing the work of God, don't have to worry about it. Whatever you're going to ask is going to grant it because you've you've already proven you've proven yourself. You're seeking Him from face to face and heart to heart, not for what's in the hand. When you people are seeking for what's in the hand, that's that's an employment mentality. We're not employees of God. We're servants. We're not servants. We're 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 sons of God. Sons and daughters of God, sons and daughters of Christ, we're there. We're there to have that unity, that that, that oneness with Him, be one with the Lord. We're not supposed to be a bunch of do nothings. The people who seek for the hand of the do nothings, they don't do nothing for it. They just want what's in His hand and take off and take take their money and run. They don't do nothing. They don't do nothing because they love the Father. They come because they know that they can they can mooch off of God and they can. I mean, just like these people who mooch off churches. These people, I've seen, I know this one couple. They was going from church to church to church to church, and they would make their rounds. And in certain times, seasons, it would be certain at certain times they would be coming back. And I noticed they would come back, and then they would be gone again. After a while, and then they would be coming back, and then and they, and they were the, and they were all they and they were always looking for a handout, trying to mooch off these churches, and it was like something has to give here. Finally, I grabbed him. I said, "Look, stop mooching off the kingdom of God. You either need to get into the get into the river or get, or, or, or find something else to do because you, you can't have the best of both worlds. You got to get fully saved. You got to get you give your life to the Lord." You got to quit, quit these games. This church hopping has got to stop. You got to pick one church, and make it your church, and don't leave that church for nothing. I mean, they didn't like what I had to say, but I don't. I I could care less. I don't care anymore. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you. You should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he shall give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. That's the great commandment. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it has hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world, because but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the world the word said the word that I said to you, a servant does not is not a great is not greater than than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. So basically Jesus is saying we're in this together. We 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 share that bond that you're we're in the same boat, so we all got to get along. 
But all these things I will do, persecute you. If they keep, if they kept my word, they will kept, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now that they now have no excuse for their sin, that, that, that laziness, is, that this is a good thing about laziness in the church. There's no excuse for it. You have no excuse to be lazy. You have no excuse to sit back on your sit back on your black assurance and not do nothing and not bringing people to church. That altar you should be bring that altar should be flooded every Sunday. It's not it's not just a like I said you're not you're not a bunch of consumers you're a bunch of distributors. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been been guilty of sin. But now, but now, they would have no excuse for their sins. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I have, if I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. Basically, Jesus said, if I if I came back and been a do nothing. You'd, you'd have not known you were guilty of sin. You would have not known that you needed healing. You did not know you needed deliverance. You didn't know the captives would not have been set free. Jesus came to do something. So are we. That's our job. We have, we have something we have to do. It's a mandate. Stop sitting in a church pew warming the thing up. They would not be guilty of sin, but now they have been seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. It means if you're if you're not doing something, you're not you're not doing nothing for the kingdom of God. There's a consequence to that. Eventually, you're going to pay a consequence for not doing anything in the kingdom of God. You're a born again believer. You've been born again. You've been baptized. You've been either baptized in the Holy Ghost or you've just been born again, your job is to preach the gospel. Your job is to preach the gospel to, to every creature. The Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And some people are, some religious people are creatures. They both hated me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. That means if you're if you're not doing something, you're going to be judged, and you're going to be judged according to the law. You're going to be There's going to be a consequence for not be, for being a do nothing Christian. There's a consequences. There's a penalty to that. They hated me with a, without. They hated me without a cause. But with, but then, but when a, the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Basically saying this, you, you, you're a born-again Christian, you have work to do. 
You have work to do. You don't have the right to sit back and say, I don't feel like being in ministry. You are, in, you are a ministry. You are a full-time minister. I mean, I've seen it time and time again in churches. You get people that don't, they cop an attitude because they don't want nobody else in their circle, in their group of people. So they're just sitting there playing a mutiny against the pastor because the pastor's fired up about winning souls over and winning people over and, and building the kingdom of God. And they're just mad because they, they want it all for themselves. It's not about yourself. I mean, if people are watching this and they're getting, and you're getting offended by this, I could care less. Truth hurts. I mean, we. I mean, how, that doesn't make any sense. Jesus died so we could just sit and sit and lay on our rear ends. I, could, I was going to say something else, but I can't. I can't say that in church. But then again, we're not in church. Jesus died on a brutal death on a cross. He was beaten beyond recognition, not even recognizable as a human being. So we can just sit on our butt on some chair on Sunday morning and go out and not do nothing to bring to fulfill the rest of the empty chairs in there. And there shouldn't be there, church, churches have no business having empty chairs. And if there's empty chairs, it's, it's the people in the congregation's fault. It's not the pastor's fault. It's not the people on staff's fault. It's the people in the pew's fault. It's the pe people in the pew's fault. We have to step up to the plate. We've got a work to do. We've got to step up and do something. We've got to quit with this my thing. Well, it, well, it's, I just don't like people like that in my church. It's not your church to begin with, bud, or, or lady. It's not, it's not, it's not your church to begin with. It will all belong to him. Everything here belongs to him. Nothing belongs to us. This, this possessive, this, this possess, there's a possession disorder in the church. Well, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. We just don't, we, it's just going to affect, if, there, if, if it's going to affect the anointing on your life for a, for a hardcore sinner to come sit in that church pew and hear the gospel, if it's going to affect the anointing on your life, you think that it's going to affect the anointing that's on your life, there ain't, enough, there ain't even enough anointing on there to, to smack you in the face. There ain't enough anointing on your life to, 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 to fill a pet of a needle. Bible says it is easier for a man to enter, uh, to, a camel to enter into the eye of a needle than a, than a, that type of person to enter into the kingdom of God. I mean, seriously. I mean, I could crack a bunch of funnies right now, but there's nothing funny about this anymore. Time is running out. You don't tend to. People don't tend to get that. Time, we are running out of time. We don't have time left to, to sit around anymore and be a bunch of do-nothings. We don't have that time anymore to be a consumer base. We have to be a distributorship. 
We've got to distribute this thing out. Distribute this thing. This is our product. This is our product. And our maker's up here. And the maker's up here. Our product job is to give it out. Boom, 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 boom. Teach and raise them people up to so they can give it out. And they people can go out and get people born again. And so they can teach them how to give it out. This is not, this is, this is, this is totally got to change if we ever want to, if we want to see a major revival. Because Bible simply says, my people shall humble themselves, seek my face and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal your land. He ain't going to do nothing with America when you've got the church, churches full of people who think they own the place. Don't want no sinners coming in. Don't want to put the word out there. I mean, churches that churches have have access to Facebook Live, they need to be using it. They have access to a podcast, they need to be using it. They have access to any form of social media to broadcast that gospel out, they need to use it. They need to put it out there and use it. We're only hurting ourselves when we're when we're not doing what we're supposed to do. We've got to get step up to the plate. Get everybody involved. Get behind our pastors. Get behind the dream and the vision that the God planned for the division that God put on that pat on your pastor's heart. And get out there and do the work. My pastors, I love them. This is part of the vision that Pastor Rick had. People getting up and getting out and doing the work of the gospel. And then coming back to that one place. And bringing back the testimonies on what God had done. We've got to flood that altar with testimonies. With results. We've got to have results. I mean... I could sugarcoat this thing for you. But like I said, even if I do sugarcoat, people are beyond, beyond, beyond deceived. They, it, it, it's not going to do you any good. So I might as well tell the truth anyway. I might as well stick it to them anyway and, and put it to them anyway. There's people doing wrong in the church. There's, people do, there's things that are not right in the church. We got men and women, single men and women that aren't married. They have boyfriends, they have girlfriends, and they're sleeping with each other. They're getting up there and singing in the worship teams. We've got people that aren't living right, singing in the choir. We've got sex offenders working in child in the daycares. I'm not talking about, I'm not trying to my pastors are pretty good at, at weeding out everything they're 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 right on top of everything but i'm talking about these there's churches out there that this is going on it's it's out there they're allowing sex offenders to work in nurseries work with the youth 
Got pastors out doing drugs, drinking, smoking weed. It's all got to stop. I mean, but this was quite a few years ago. I had a pastor invite me to a strip club. I looked at him straight in his face. I said, no, get saved. You need to come to the altar. That altar that you preach at, you need to make good use of it yourself, bud. I walked away from him. I mean, the church has got to quit playing games. Stop being a bunch of do-nothings. Be a bunch of do-somethings. Amen? All right. Well, I'm going to get going. I want to spread. And before I get going, I want to invite people to come to know know Jesus Christ and as your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit dropped it on me. Do an altar call. Do a call of salvation. I just want to say this. If you're not living right with God, you have problems. You're not serving in the kingdom like you should be. You're not, you're not, you're, you've never been to church. You, you're, you're not born again. You, this is the first time you've ever heard anything about Jesus. I want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight. I want you to say this prayer with me, dear Father God. I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus, to be born again of your Spirit and to be washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising from the dead on the third day. And thank you for doing this for me. Father God, I, for, for, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry for what I've done to, that has offended you. I ask you to come into my life. Lord Jesus, be the Lord and Savior of my life. Holy Spirit, come and baptize me, fill me, transform me, and let me never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. This is a production of Revival Now International Media Ministries. For more information on our ministry, please come contact me at revivalistjfs3 at gmail.com or text me. 636-368-6490. God bless you and have a great day.